Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Good morning, good morning. My name is Noah Ring. You are listening to Let Freedom Ring this morning. You can call in at 904-441-8283. Again, 904-441-8283. We got Patrick Witt coming on at 8.05 at the beginning of next hour. And we have a great show for you today. Listen, I kind of, you know, I, I there's certain things of the Biden pre- presidency that I don't dislike. Now, there's a lot that I do dislike. Like, for instance, him being president and him being a terrible president. But there's a lot that I don't dislike. And what that is, is I don't dislike it in terms of me being a host because there's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. I mean, he is just absolutely doing, he's writing my show for me, okay? I used to have to spend maybe, maybe a little over an hour to get maybe 30 minutes of some sort of, he's some sort of content, right? I used to have to wait maybe a little over an hour to get some sort of content for like 15 minutes, to fill like 15 minutes. But now he gives us so much content because he's so incompetent. So with that being said, we have a lot of content to get today. Now we'll start with, now we'll leave that We'll leave that for Patrick. You guys will like Patrick. Patrick served in the administration. Patrick was a uh, he was a, a football player at Yale. Um, Patrick also was he was part of the legal team in Georgia who helped to try to fight the election fraud that you and I both know happened. And so I'll leave that I'll leave that for him to comment because I know that he he likes that a lot. So we're gonna get started obviously because it is seven oh one in the morning, and it has been, you know, quite a long morning. Woke up a little bit late, not going to lie to you. Woke up a little bit late. Again, go ahead and call in at 904-441-8283. If you're listening and you want to talk, go ahead and call in. So with that being said, Democrats should be very worried about 2022. I did some research. So typically... You and I both know this. Typically, uh, the president's party, so Republican or Democrat, whoever controls the White House, typically doesn't do the best in the midterms. You know, Trump actually did okay in the midterms in terms of we gained the Senate. Now, obviously, Kavanaugh has something to do with that. But let's look at it. So Biden's approval rating, this is pure, this is via USA Today, okay? This is no right-wing, this is not... Some not some right wing extremist who did this in his mother's basement. Biden's approval rating dropped to forty one percent. Three fourths believe that the Taliban. Three fourths of Americans who were polled believe that the Taliban will now use Afghanistan to set the basis of some sort of attack on the U.S. There's a couple of things that people care about in terms of foreign policy. Most Americans don't care. Right. I mean, just looking at it, 
before Joe Biden pulled out of Afghanistan, we had twenty five to three thousand troops somewhere in there, right? You know, with troops coming in and leaving every day. So you never have the exact, you know, amount of people that you think you'll have. But we have anywhere between twenty four hundred and or twenty five hundred and three thousand troops. So but after Biden, thanks to Mr. Hyden Biden, we had to bump that number up to way more. Now we're at 7,000, but that's not the point. Because if we really, like, if the American people really cared about foreign policy, we would have realized, hey, there's 3,500 troops. We have, like, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 in Korea, somewhere in the neighborhood of 15,000 in, um, in Italy. Uh, I think we have, uh, like, 10,000 in Spain. We're in 160-something con- No, yeah, like 160-something countries. I, I think I, I saw as well. There were 140 countries that we had more people than we had in Afghanistan. And keep in mind, I understand that being in Afghanistan is way more dangerous than being in somewhere like Spain or Italy or, you know, to a certain extent, South Korea. But with that being said, once you also factor in that that the last service member hasn't died since February of 2019 or 2020, sorry, I always get confused that we're in 2021, and I, I shouldn't be because it's it's almost September, okay? It's almost September. But anyway, so Biden, 41% of people approve of Biden. 55% of people disapprove of the job he has done so far. Again, go ahead and call in at 904-441-8283. So 41% of people approve, 55% of people disapprove. Okay, sure, but but let's break this down. 87% of Democrats approve of the job he's doing, which I, I guess, you know, obviously, because let's be honest, uh, what did Reagan say? It's not what Democrats know that scares him. It's what, they th- it's what he thinks they know. Thir- only 32% of independents like him. Only 32% of independents approve of the job Joe Biden is doing in general. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but independents are key to winning any election. See, typically, there's about an even number of people who are just going to vote Republican or just going to vote Democrat. About, about an even number. Maybe it's slightly in the Democrats' favor because of California. And also, we'll, we'll get to California later. Let me write that down. Because I don't want to forget that. My mind goes a million miles a minute, and I don't want to forget that. So I watched something on, on, on it last night, and I do want to comment. I did wake up super late this morning because I just could not fall asleep last night. And yes, but we have, like I said, we have a great show. Uh, Patrick Witt on the next hour. But anyway, so this is via Rasmussen that I saw earlier yesterday when I was trying, when I was pretending to pay attention in class. This is the amount of people who say that they would... This is people who regret voting for Joe Biden. So according to Rasmussen, 10% of Democrats, 12% of moderates, and 14% of African-American people who voted for Joe Biden regret voting for him. Now, Obama told us that elections have consequences. That's what we were taught by President Obama. That's what he said. He said elections have consequences. And he's obviously right. Elections do have consequences. But with that being said, the consequences of this election is not necessarily that we have to live under Joe Biden, even though we definitely do, because I wish we didn't. The consequences for the Democratic Party is you lost a lot of voters. If Republicans somehow do not win in the midterms, if Republicans somehow do not are not able to pull off a midterm victory, we don't deserve to win anything ever again. Because Joe Biden, by the time this is all said and done, will be the most unpopular president in American history. I I I, I take take it to the bank. Because by the end of Trump's presidency, a lot of people had came around I'd say before COVID. So let's let's take like late 2019. By late late 2019, beginning of 2020, Trump's presidency was was 
he was starting to have really, he was starting to get almost to 50% approval, which I know you're like, oh, that's not high. And you're correct. But for Donald Trump, yeah, it's a little high. But they then they asked people, would you vote for him again? 37% of all voters said they'd vote for him again if the election were held today. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 46%, I didn't write it down for some reason, but 46% of voters said that they would not, they would not vote for him again. They said they would not vote for Joe Biden again. So what does this mean for the midterms? Because that's what really matters. Can we take back some House or Senate in 2022? Because a lot of people are saying, we'll take the House, we'll take the Senate, we'll take one or two of these things, right? Hopefully that's true. Hopefully that's true, but you don't always know, unfortunately. So what does this mean for the midterms? Well, January of 2018, Trump's approval rating was 42% via Rasmussen, which is about 1% higher than what Biden's is per Rasmussen. Trump lost a few seats in the House. He lost about 20 seats in the House, I believe. And in the Senate, he gained three, two seats. He gained two seats. And that is, you know, a lot of that has to do with Kavanaugh and has to do with the fact that Kavanaugh happened the way that it happened and that people, the American people by and large, thought that what happened to Kavanaugh was absolutely insane, which a lot of people still agree. But if we factor in that Biden ain't going to get any more popular, Biden has the support of all of the media. He has the support of all of the institutions, all of big tech, and he's still dropping every day. I'd be surprised if I looked today at USA Today and he wasn't down another 2%. Just because he he doesn't seem as a leader. What what the American people really want out of their president is somebody who's a leader, right? I I remember being a kid and I watched uh, President Obama's speech after he killed bin Laden and thinking, wow, this is somebody who, you know, this is a leader, right? And obviously I didn't know much about politics at the age of, that was May 2011. I was like maybe 10 years old, nine or 10 years old. Obviously I just knew that, Hey, we killed him. We got him. I was in fourth grade. Actually. I remember that, but moderate voters are starting to switch sides because listen, let me tell you, this ain't gonna be pretty for Biden or this is not going to be pretty for Biden, and this is not going to be pretty for Democrats in 2022. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you why. He doesn't excite anybody. So we have a Senate race going on right now in my home state of Georgia. Go dogs! I'm wearing a UGA shirt. We have a Senate race going on, and we have a couple of candidates. And I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not going to endorse any one candidate. Um, we did have Latham Sadler on the show a couple of weeks back. But I'm not going to endorse any one candidate. But with that being said, there are certain candidates who, who, what's the word? There are certain candidates who are, who excite more people than other candidates. Does that make sense? There are certain candidates who are very exciting. For instance, just yesterday, Herschel Walker announced he would run. And now, Herschel Walker, for those of you who aren't religious, one, please get religious because, you know, I, I care about your soul. But two, there is this story in the Bible, and it's about Abram. And he made a covenant with God, and whoever does Abram wrong, it, it's basically kind of like karma. Whoever does Abram wrong, will wrong will be done to him in a way. They will be cursed. But whoever does him good will be blessed. Well, then there's this one guy who's rolling out attack ads about Herschel Walker, and I'm just saying, I've heard a lot of people who say, I'm not going to vote for him for that reason. I'm not going to vote for him, you know, because he's attacking Herschel Walker, which is that true? I don't know. Who am I voting for? I have absolutely no idea. But what I do know is that it's going to be really hard to win without the support of Herschel Walker. It's going to be really hard to win without the without the support of Herschel Walker. I'll be right back, actually. I'll be right back. Don't leave. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now 
than ever before. Because radical uh. doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're gonna take your AR-15. With the help of the media? Sorry about that, folks. Sorry about that. Had to, had to get right. Sorry about that. So anyway, what does this mean moving forward? So moderate voters, by and large, as I, as I talked about earlier, typically decide elections. They're typically the ones who decide whether or not elections happen. Well, well I should say they don't decide if they happen. They decide whether or not somebody wins or loses an election. It's just what they do. And because of that, it's really important to be liked by moderates. And that was the thing that Trump, unfortunately, didn't have. Because a lot of Republicans kind of came around to his messaging. Because a lot of Republicans agree with his messaging. I, I would say the, the, the base, the, rural, the rural, rural Americans started to agree with his messaging because they thought he was right. They said, oh, you're right. The, the, the media hates us. The big tech hates us. All these people hate us. Now, moderates who weren't in love with him and weren't in love with all his policies, they came around, they begrudgingly voted for, for Trump in a lot of respects. There were some who, who became really, really big on the train and really enjoyed President Trump at the same time. But moderate voters are the most important voters you can get. And in the past week, Biden has plummeted 13%, while Trump has gone up about 10% with moderate voters. I'm telling you guys, if we could have this election today, Trump would win probably 45 states. 55% of the country in, in March, uh, so about five months ago, 55% of the country thought that President Trump was doing, or President Biden had the country on track. And, well, we see how that went. Because now... That number is around 31%. 31% of people think that our country is on track and that our country is going the way that it should be going. Now, I don't know about you, but if you don't think that the country is going the way it should be going, you're probably not going to vote for whoever is doing that. Now, I did. I do want to run, I do want to play this, this sound because I think you guys will like it. Give me a second. Let me pull it up. This is uh, via this. This is via a lady named Scotus Blog. She is very, uh, very good at what she does. She covers the Supreme Court. Big news out of the Supreme Court tonight. Do you remember the Trump administration policy that required migrants seeking asylum in the United States to stay in Mexico pending an asylum hearing rather than stay in the U.S.? Well, the Biden administration reversed it, and the Supreme Court basically just told them, nah, you can't do that without going through the proper rulemaking process. And the Supreme Court cited a case where it ruled that the Trump administration acted unlawfully and too quickly rescinded Obama's DACA program. What a ride, right? The decision was made. Sorry, sorry. I don't know why the audio stopped. Program. What a ride, right? The decision was made via the Supreme Court's shadow docket. There is no full opinion of their reasoning. Just this short one paragraph order. Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan dissented. You might assume the other six justices were on the other side, but we actually don't know that for sure. That's how the shadow docket works. All so she then goes to, uh, to explain what the shadow docket is. And for those of you who don't know what the shadow docket is, the shadow docket is basically, it's like an emergency decision. Um, so there's not time because normally, uh, let's say a case was argued on Monday, you might not get a ruling until the next Friday because they really want to think about it. Um, but let's talk about it. So a lot of people don't understand. First off. Trump brought a lot of people into the immigration talk, and he made a lot of people realize the problems of immigration. There's really even some serious talks about whether or not we should cut down the amount of legal immigrants we bring in, but, but we'll talk about that more um, if you guys want me to. So that being said, I've been, I get asked a lot, you know, why would liberals and why would the left want to bring in more voters or sorry sorry I gave away the answer why would the left want 
to let all these people in and give them citizenship. Well, something around the neighborhood of 85% of people who come into this country vote Democrat in terms of, in terms of immigrants, first-generation Mexican and Hispanic immigrants outside of Cubans. That's why they're not, there was not a big push from Joe Biden to let the Cubans in, let's be honest. So with that being said, if you could, if you were running for office and you could let somewhere in the neighborhood of 22 million current illegal immigrants that I want to say Yale or Harvard estimated that there were in the U.S., I think you would do it too if you're running for office. The biggest landslide in any presidential election, Tucker Carlson said this, so if it's not right, attack him, was 17 million in 1984 between President uh, President Rose, Roosevelt, President Reagan, and I want to say, was it Mondale? I want to say it was Mondale. 17 million people was the difference between that's a big difference. That's the biggest difference in history. Now, obviously, could be because, you know, there's more people than there were in 1790, I think, was the first election. There's a lot more people now. Now, with that being said, what do I think? I think that the left wants to let these people in because if they let these people in, they have a lot of voters for a lot of time, and it will help their political aspirations. I think it will help their political aspirations. Now we got about five minutes uh, before. We got about five minutes before uh, we have to run run a break. Uh, we'll be taking your calls on the other side. Uh, so give me a call at 904-441-8283. We'll talk about whatever you want. 904-441-8283. So with that being said, I'll play this clip and I'll talk about it, and then we'll uh, we'll go to break. Random people that do not have college degrees. See if they have anything in common. Candace Owens, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Milo, Milo, Yeah, whatever the fuck his name is, Steven Crowder, Charlie Kirk, and just for good measure, I'm going to throw Joe Rogan in there too. Did you know what, what all those people had in common? Did, I'll, I'll give you a second to guess. So Marjorie Taylor Greene... For instance, she, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene does have a college degree. Marjorie Taylor Greene has a business degree from UGA, so that guy's just retarded. But that's not nice. That guy's just, what, what did Reagan say? Reagan said, it's not that liberals know, it's what they don't know. And Marjorie Taylor Greene has a degree from the University of Georgia. Go dogs, my future alma mater, hopefully, if they, uh, if, uh, they, they let me get through. I gotta make, I gotta finish some schoolwork actually after the show. But do you see the elitism being shown there? They're not even hiding it, you know, anymore. They used to. They used to hide it, and they used to act like they were the party of the working class. And the Republican Party has a great, great chance to really win a lot of voters here. And, and I say that because if the Republican Party, the Republican Party, if you look at 2020, 2018, we really started to become the class of the working, the, the party of the working class. We really did. By and large, we became the party of the working class. Now, with that being said, the Republican Party is not good at keeping much. So we do have to, you know, fight back against the working class. We, or, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. We got to fight back against Democrats because that is who you want. That's the vast majority. Because if you can start gaining the working class, it's over for the left. It's over for the left. It will be over. But let's talk about the elitism because only 35% of adults, right, people, I guess, over the age of 22, have a college degree. Of that 35, how many of that is underwater basket weaving and how many of that is, you know, something actual? Like, I think my major, I'm a business uh, management major. I think my major is really an underrated, an overrated major. But I want to go to law school, and to go to law school, I need to have a college degree. So I'm here. But... My thing is, it's not the end-all, be-all if you have a college degree. I know a kid who is a first, he's a, I guess he's second. No, he's first generation because he came over when he was like four, three or four. So he, he's kind of in a way second generation, but he's first generation immigrant. He didn't go, to, he went to college for a semester, but by the time he was done in college, he already was making something in the neighborhood of like a lot of money. Okay, he was making two, three hundred K a year at the age of, like, I guess he would have been. 17 to 18 going into 18 because of how much 
because of how, how hard he worked and, you know, he was able to, to get some success online doing some online stores. Um, so with that being said, A, good for him, but B, a college degree is not necessarily what it's cracked up to be, right? But it's obviously good. It does help. I think we really should push more people, more Americans to get to go to trade schools because trade schools, A, way cheaper, B, you make a lot of money a lot quicker because, you know, being a lawyer, right? I have to go to four years of undergraduate school, three years of law school, and by there I'm 25. The youngest lawyer can only really be 24, 25 years old. And then at 25, I will finally get the chance to make, let's say, 90 k right, depending on your law school, depending on where you work. But by that time, somebody who went to a two-year pro- – my buddy, right, my buddy – he um he got he, he got an apprenticeship on his he got an apprenticeship right out of high school because I, I live by a military base and on that apprenticeship he is able to uh he he he's currently about to be done with the apprenticeship because it's two years and it's about to be two years since he started um but he's got paid fifteen dollars an hour for the first year like twenty dollars an hour for the second year while working and going to, like, class. So he gets paid to go to class to learn what he's doing. And then I think he, I think I asked him, I said, so, like, what, what are you looking at, like, three years? And he said, uh, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 80K. No debt, making 80K a year. Guys, what I've always said is if everyone goes to college, nobody goes to college. And if everyone goes to college, college degrees won't matter. And then you have to start getting master's, and then they'll make up another degree. The happiest people and the most wealthy people I know all went to trade schools and they all went to trade schools and they all made a lot of money. We'll be taking your calls on the other side. 904-441-8283. 904-441-8283. Do you support law enforcement? I myself am proud to be a big supporter of law enforcement. That is why I've partnered with webacktheblue.co. Webacktheblue is wants to provide money to those who have fallen in the line of duty and help take care of the families of those who are no longer with us because they fought the good fight and defended our community and gave up the ultimate sacrifice. If you go to webacktheblue.co, again, webacktheblue.co, you can get a thin blue line bumper sticker, and all you have to do is pay $2.99 shipping and handling. Again, all proceeds from this promotion go back to helping the men and women of law enforcement who have given their lives, and uh, the money goes to taking care of their family. It's a great, great program. WeBackTheBlue.co. Again, WeBackTheBlue.co. Have you heard that everyone under the age of 25 is a socialist? I know I have. That's why I want it to be different, and that's why I created Satilla River Apparel. Look, it's no secret. I'm a big fan of the Second Amendment, and I'm a big fan of hunting. Even though the Second Amendment, we all know, was not created for hunting, I'm a big fan of hunting. And that being said, I'm a big fan of fishing as well. And that's why I created SatillaRiverApparel.com. Satilla River Apparel is great, great American-made quality clothes at a fraction of the cost of my competitors. And I'm created it for those of you like me who like the outdoors, like going fishing, like going hunting, like going out on the boat on Saturday. If you'd like to pick one up, go to SatillaRiverApparel.com forward slash Noah for 10% off. Make sure you put Noah in the promo code box for 10% off your order. Again, that is SatillaRiverApparel.com, S-A-T-I-L-L-A-R-I-V-E-R-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Are you someone like me who you want to eat healthy, but you're too busy to make a protein shake in the morning? That is why I eat Built Bar. Built Bar is 130 calories, only has two and a half grams of fat, four carbs, and four sugar, no nuts. Has a lot of fiber, 17 grams of protein, and it's only 130 calories. I start my morning every day with a Built Bar. And that's why I'm glad to announce that they have sponsored this podcast. If you go to BuiltBar.com and you pick out whatever you want, and if you use code LETFREEDOMRING, you'll get 12% off. That is BuiltBar.com. Use code, use code LETFREEDOMRING for 12% off. They have great things. They're way better than all of their competitors, in my opinion. Use BuiltBar.com, code LETFREEDOMRING for, 10, for 12%, sorry, 12% off of your order. Again, BuiltBar.com. For those of you who live in the state of Georgia, I will be speaking at the Columbia County GOP. It's at the clubhouse on Jones Creek. 
I will be speaking there Saturday morning. Doors open at 8.30. Breakfast gets served at 9 a.m. I will be speaking there in Augusta, Georgia. I will also be speaking in Gilmer County, Georgia on September 4th. At the God and Country Civic Revival event, I'll be speaking alongside David Belisle, Vernon Jones, State Superintendent Richard Woods, and many other people. I do have a 20-minute spot, so they apparently think I can keep people entertained for that long. So make sure you come out. I would love to, uh, any of you, anybody who picked up my book, The ABCs of Politics, from the eyes of a high schooler, I'd love to sign it for you. And I'd love to meet each and every one of you. It's always humbling to meet you guys. So again, that's Gilmer County on September 4th in Columbia County this Saturday, August 28th. Also, if you live in the state of Georgia and you are tired of how the AJC and the other liberal elite papers cover the state, I started a new podcast called Let's Talk Georgia. Here's what that intro sounds like. Are you tired of your news being watered down by the mainstream elite in Atlanta? Well, if so, you're in the right place. My name is Noah Ring and this is Let's Talk Georgia, your place to keep up with everything happening in Georgia without any of the bias. So if you like what you heard there in the intro, definitely was not made by me because I'm not that good with audio in- interfacing. But if you like what you heard, check it out everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you're listening to this not live but on podcast, you can click Ring X Media and it will take you to Let's Talk Georgia. It's a great show. We have great guests coming on. We had Bert Jones on last week. We have Jake Evans on this week. Give it a shot. And without further ado, we are back and you are listening to the fastest growing podcast and radio show hosted by college conservative let freedom ring freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction free speech is under assault like never before freedom is under attack more now than ever before because radical doesn't mean crazy hell yes we're gonna take your ar-15 with the help of the media big tech and the global elite the left is attempting to seize control of my generation it's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Hello, hello. I hope we're back on the other side. Make sure you do pick up those built bars. Those built bars are amazing. They're getting me swole. We have Michael in Georgia calling in. Michael, uh, hold on. Sorry, I didn't accept him. Michael, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Michael. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Just work. This work, I understand that. Now, if I am correct, this is Michael Bogus, correct? The congressional candidate from the 9th District. Yes, sir. That's right. Well, good, Michael. What do you want to talk about this morning? Uh, you know, just give me a call, see what's going on. Um, you know, talk about what's happening over in Afghanistan. Uh, my cousin actually messaged me yesterday, and we got a hold of Will Wade, the state senator. Mm-hmm up in Dawson County, mm-hmm. he he went ahead and got a hold of uh, Senator Cotton. Okay. And hopefully we are helping these people get out of Afghanistan. They needed a letter from a U.S. state senator. So hmm. we just uh, we played phone tag yesterday and trying to help these people get out of, out of a bad situation. Yeah, no, I think um, you're, I think you're you 100% know. right. I know Tom Cotton really has been – uh, on the front lines of that, I think Tom Cotton is a, is a dark horse to be the, to be the next presidential nominee if if Ron DeSantis doesn't want to. Uh, he's a little too neocon for me, but I think he really is a good guy and he understands it from a really good perspective. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, you know, he was the one that actually reached out to my cousin to try to help out. You know, we had uh, we had tried to contact several, but he's the one to reach back. So at least he's showing that he's working. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's all that. That's all that really matters, right? He's showing that he's that he's good. Um, yeah. No, I saw something. Uh, so, so everyone needs. It, do they have to have a letter from a U.S. senator or like? Because I saw some people, um, some service members are signing affidavits. How, how, how exactly does that work? Do you know? I am not a hundred percent sure. Uh, from what I saw yesterday. You know, you have to have your email, your email phone number as well because mm-hmm. there's a different type of phone system there. Mm-hmm. And from what my cousin was telling me, she said that they actually had to have a letter from a U.S. senator. Now, is this guy so, is this is this guy that you're trying to help? Now, is he is he, is he just a pure refugee, or is he a translator? 
Uh, he is refugee. Okay, he okay. Actually that actually got might, that wounded might be why. trying to tell people to get out. That that might be why then, because I think it's the translators that have to have uh, an affidavit. That's that's what I heard. It was a translator. You got like if you uh, if you were a translator, you got to have an affidavit, like a service member saying that you helped. So good. What was 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 uh right. was Senator Cotton able to help you at all or? Uh yes, they they contacted my cousin and I believe that he is going to be writing the letter for them. Uh, like I said, you know these these Afghanistan people were the ones that helped American people get out and safely get back home. So yeah, that's uh that's a really good thing. Yeah, no, you're 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 100 right. Um, what did you think of uh, the CIA director being told by the Taliban that there would be no uh, extension to the deadline. What did you think of that? My honest opinion is we shouldn't be taking no for an answer. Hey, Mike, let me These ask you a question. These are our people. Mike, how, how old are you, man? I'm 44. Don't you feel 34 again like we're living under the Obama administration again, man? I feel young, man. I feel like a 13-year-old. Yeah. I'm about to pop up my Xbox 360. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... It's definitely different. You know, it's funny how when Trump was president, we didn't have these kind of problems. Everybody respected him. And now that we got Stairmaster 3000 in, you know, <laughs> uh, we're pretty much a laughing stock of the world. Yeah, no, unfortunately, you're 100% right. You know, I was uh, I was talking to Scott Rifen yesterday. He's he's a radio host down in Southeast Georgia. And if you're down in that part of the part of the woods or on iHeartRadio, um, he does do 7 to 10. So you can listen to me 7 to 9. And then after nine o'clock, I'll let you go listen to him. Uh, it's called the voice of the gold Niles, but I'm asking you this question. If you get it right, you know, maybe you'll win something on the trivia. Um, why, why is it that Joe Biden spends so much time in Delaware? Why is it that Joe Biden spent so much time in Delaware? Yeah. Like what, what, what is it about Delaware that he wants to spend so much time there? I guess because he's not really in the White House at all. I mean, if you look at no, the uh, nope. air traffic you're, control. You're overthinking it. You're overthinking it. It's because he doesn't have to pay sales tax on his chocolate chocolate chip ice cream. Come on. That's a big deal. <laughs> Hold on. I thought that was Pelosi that had the chocolate chip ice cream. No, no, no. He, But, yeah, she had the chocolate chip ice cream, but he had the chocolate chocolate chip. You don't remember that? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, he's got the double chocolate chip. Well, I you, gotcha. You remember when the left uh, when the left attacked President Trump for, for having two scoops of ice cream, but uh, Joe Biden's got double the chocolate, you know, so. Well, that's just more in uh, children. That is, that is probably true. So let's talk about this. So you're running, so you're running in the 10th district. Uh, no, the 9th district. Sorry, ninth I get him. You know, being from the first district, you know these lines get blurred a lot. So you're running in the ninth district. Do you want to you want to maybe tell people a little bit about that, the listeners? Uh, yeah, like a, you know, me and you have discussed before. I am just the average Joe. I, I work for a living. I'm a crane operator, and I'm not college educated. You know, I didn't get the opportunity to go to college. We just started getting hope when I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. I was accepted to several colleges, but look, the, the point was I knew I couldn't afford it. There was no need in trying to go into debt and go to college because I knew I wouldn't be able to afford it. And I'm sure so I, don't, I, don't know the, I don't know the starting salary for a crane operator, but I'm sure you're doing okay. We make about as much as a lawyer does. So, exactly. Uh, and you didn't have to, I mean, you didn't even have to go to class for seven years. Look at you go. Well, how long? Because I've really uh, been trying to push this. How long did it take you from the day that you decided you wanted to be a crane operator to the day they let you control a crane? How how long did that take? Roughly. Uh, it took about a year. Uh, so a year. So in a year, you were making as much as a lawyer. Yeah. Go figure, yeah. right? But anyway, I'll, I'll let you keep talking. Right. And see, that's one of the biggest problems that we have in this country right now. You know, they push college on all these kids, putting them in debt, and... They go to college and they can't even get their major when what we really need is tech schools. We need to be pushing tech schools because only 5% of the jobs in America really need a college education. The rest of the jobs are hands-on. So we need to bring back vocational in school and high school, put hands-on training. But, you know, they don't want to hear that because it's all about the money and all about the indoctrination. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. That's that's a big problem here in America. But you know, as far as me, like I said, I've, I've been asked on several interviews why people should listen to me. Uh, I'm obviously not college educated. I can't be that smart about everything. I was like, well, look, you know, my college is the college of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. I grew up dirt poor, worked my way up, and I do a lot of research. I've been all across the country, everywhere from D.C. I even I did a federal redress grievance against our government. I mean, stupid people don't really do that. <laughs> they don't understand how it works. Right. So, right. you know, just because I'm not college educated doesn't mean that I'm not smart. Michael Bogus. But that was, that's a lot of problem with the GOP that they look down on me because I'm not a wealthy person. They're like, well, you got to be independently wealthy to run. Where's it say that in the Constitution? I don't know if you were if you were listening before you called in, but I actually talked about that. I was like, the GOP has a great. I mean, if you look at if you look at polls uh, in the last in 2018 and a little bit in 2020, 2020 obviously was huge because you know Trump the Trump factor. Um, Republicans gained a lot of the working class in a lot of states. Mike, I I want I don't I don't know I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, but let me know if you're able to hear this. I think that you uh, I think that I want to take your reaction to it. Let me know. Random people that do- can you okay. Hear, can you hear that? I played it for a second. Could oh, no. I'll, I'll play it again. Let me know if you can hear it. Random people that do not have college degrees. Were you able to hear that, Mike? No, I couldn't hear it. I'm sorry. All right, no, you're fine. Not your fault. All right, uh, try it. Let me tell tell me now. Random people that do not have college degrees. See if they have anything in common. Candace Owens, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. Were you able to hear it that time, Mike? I did hear it that time. What, what, he, I did. He, several, he, co- uh, several college people. Well, well one, he's wrong because Marjorie Taylor Greene did go to the University of Georgia and graduated in 1996 with a BBA. But second, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on it, you know, because you're running to, you know, be a colleague with some of these people. And like you said, you don't have a college degree. And I think you're kind of the American story. You know, you and I have talked, you grew up poor and Hey, now you're paying your daughter to go to college. You're paying for your daughter to go to college. Right. So what, so, so what does that clip that I just played make you, make you, make you feel in a way? Well, I mean, you know, to me, you don't have to be college educated, no wrong from right. And you don't know, you don't have to be college educated to have morals and ethics. Um, you know, a lot of these politicians don't have morals and ethics. Some of them do, but 98% of them don't. That's what it makes me feel like. You know, I love Candace Owens. I really do. Um, I think she is one of the most brilliant women I've ever seen in my life. And to hear that she's not college educated, that that really means a lot to me because, you know, like I said, um, my biggest fear is people look down on me because I'm not college educated. Mm-hmm. And they look down on me because I'm not wealthy. One of the GOP, whenever I was actually running, told me that I had to be independently wealthy. And I asked her, why do you have to spend $2 million on a campaign for a job that pays $175,000 a year? Right. Good question. What'd she say? She didn't come back with anything. Yeah. My response to it was because there's incentives. They go there for government contracts. They go there to uh, basically get triple paid. Right now, right now at this very moment, our our sitting congressman makes about one hundred and fifty eight thousand dollars a quarter between gover- government subsidiaries like selling to the IRS and uh, his actual pay for being a congressman. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't a, even really factor in his businesses because he does have a couple of gun stores. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Now, look, I'm not going to knock the guy for being wealthy. You know, he, he chose a good profession to get into as far as guns because especially it's in something the ninth that's district. not going to go away. Especially in the ninth District. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we love guns. I got 
Well, I'm not saying because, you know, government's not be listening in. So you had those guns before you before you got in that boating accident, right? And they all sunk to the bottom. That's right. That's right. Same thing happened to me. And, it was a shame. You know, yeah, it is a shame. You know, most gun owners can't drive a boat with nothing. So, uh, yeah, you know, and, it's, and it's really terrible. What happened with me is I was on my grandfather's pontoon boat. And you know, those pontoon boats don't really have good siding, and it just, they all slid right through, and, they're all gone now. It's really sad, really, personally. I, I cried myself it's, to sleep for two terrible. days. It's absolutely a shame. Yeah, exactly. I had to cry myself to sleep. It took a week. So, uh, no, I mean, honestly, he's in a good profession. I mean, that's something that's mm-hmm. never going to go away. No matter how much people talk about the Second Amendment, it's never going to go away. Yeah. You, They'll you, never get well, two-thirds of the vote to get rid of it. Well, unfortunately, I don't know if you've had a chance to read Ted Cruz's book, One Vote Away. It's probably it's a book I think everyone should read. Um, he goes through a bunch of like very important Supreme Court decisions. You know whether it was one quote unquote one on our side by one vote or lost on our side by one vote. Um, and DC versus Heller, which is a which you know basically in a way guaranteed an individual's right to own firearms, was only decided by a, by a five to four margin that individuals have a right to own firearms. So they are trying. They're definitely trying. Oh, they're trying. So let me ask you this. So, you know, obviously, you know, obviously Congressman Clyde hasn't been in there for, for that long. And you did run last cycle, correct? I did. Okay. So it, it, I'm assuming this is you're running because you just think you'll be better because you did run before. Um, so I assume that that's why you're running, correct? Uh, well, I'm running because I believe I'll bring a different perspective than he will. Right, right, right. Because, look, here's the thing. The problem that we have with the majority of these people being predominantly wealthy and then coming out and telling everybody that they're here for the working class, if the working class, if all jobs stopped today, you know, mm-hmm. if, if Stairmaster 3000 stopped everything, would it really affect the predominantly wealthy or will it mostly affect the working class? Because here's what we need to remember. What they're trying to get rid of is the middle class. Mm-hmm. If you get rid of the middle class, that leaves you rich and it leaves you poor. If you're poor, you got to spend all your money on, I mean, you have to spend all your time on, uh, hold on a second, sorry. No, it's fine. Please, please drive safely. I don't want you to get in an accident. No, 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 I'm not in an accident. One of my guys was saying something about the, uh, about my rigging. But, um, no, honestly, if you look, the wealthy class are not going to have the same struggles as we are. Yeah. If they get rid of the middle class, then you bring dependency on the government. That's it. You know, middle class used to work and they're used to having their own money. They're not used to being like, Dirt, dirt poor, but a lot of us have to live in, yeah. having to live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, I mean, but if you I take remember all time, that away, I, I mean, I remember a time before two thousand eight that you know middle class. You had a pretty, you had a pretty good, nice house. You had two cars, uh, you know, for mom and the wife. You went on two vacations a year. You you weren't rich, but you made you made ends meet comfortably. Um, and you were able to get you know the you know BMWs and stuff like that were kind of like a middle class car. At the time, but now really they're not. Mm-mm. No, now it's uh. Look, here's the thing, you know, everybody wants it to be like the sixties, where the mom stayed at home and helped the kids with their homework and stuff. But look, we're we're paying upwards to thirty three percent taxes. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, you can't really depend on one income family. Mm-hmm. You have to work to, to make ends meet, and you have to work to to provide for your children. Like I said, you know, and like you said, I'm paying for my daughter's college, and the reason for that is because I didn't get that opportunity when I was her age. Right. So to better our children, we work and work and work, and then the government steps in, and basically they're, they're raising our kids. When we send them to school, then we complain, you know, the school's not taking care of the bully problem. They're, they're not taking care of this. Mm-hmm. The school's not set up for that. 
they're not there to be the parent, even though they're trying their best now. But, you know, that's just me. Like I said, there's a, there's a lot of problems that need to be fixed and addressed, and none of them is addressing it. It's just like the whole tax, taxes now. I mean, like I said, you know, being up from 33%, mm-hmm. guys, you hear it all the time, we're going we're gonna to reduce your taxes. Okay, why don't you just eliminate it? Why don't you uh, go ahead and take out the 16th Amendment? Yeah, I I think I think I think you remove. You say it's the seventeenth. No, the seventeenth was the sixteenth amendment. Sixteenth. Sorry, I get them confused. There's like twenty seven of them. So uh, yeah, I think we. You know, I I'm in favor of you know following. Let's talk about a state. I'm on a state level. I'm in favor of following what Texas, what Florida, what all these places do. I mean, Texas banned uh, income tax in their state constitution. That'd be amazing if if we could do that. Um, and with the amount of money that Georgia brings in, in taxes, in terms of sales taxes, I would be okay with paying an extra two cents. If I knew my income wasn't going to be taxed, I'd be okay with paying an extra few more cents. If I knew that my, my, uh, my, my federal income wasn't going to be taxed because I think it will spur economic growth because the average person I think I saw gets nearly somewhere in the neighborhood of like 150 to $250 a week taken out in taxes. Um, or I should, that's not the average person, the average family you know, of two, um, because like you said, you used to be able to depend on one income comfortably. Um, and now unfortunately you can't. And, you know, I think that does have a little bit to do with the state because I, you know, one of the things I always say to a female, whenever, uh, whenever we, you know, start to become what I would call serious is, you know, I always kind of say, well, look, uh, one of us, I don't necessarily say her. And luckily for me, I'm in a profession to where I, I can't, I could, um, is, Hey, when, if we have kids, one of us is going to have to, you know, take a few years off or we could do it to where, you know, I don't work Monday, Tuesday. You don't, we both don't work Wednesday. You don't work Thursday, Friday in terms of going into an office because I don't want the state, excuse me, the state raising my kids because you never know. Now, obviously there, if you go to a good church, um, you know, your family, but you know, there's a correct, there's a direct correlation between, uh, when the when parents started letting the state quote unquote raise their kids, and when the kids started to go off the walls in a way, I don't know if that's the best word, but um, there's there's almost a direct correlation, as I'm sure you're aware, Mike. Um, I mean, it, it, it's really it's really a shame. I mean, I see kids all the time, and I'm just sitting there like, how were you raised? Like you're you're complaining about what? Like I grew up in South Georgia, um, you know where. You almost, you know, the, the gnats were the worst part, and it's, you know, they're almost in a struggle. Um, but, you know, th- I never understood as a kid um, when my mom would get mad that I didn't want to go play outside, and or she would make me go play outside. But now I understand because when I was outside, you know, I was, you know, my, my grandparents have a house up in the mountains of uh, s- southern rural Virginia, um, and you know, I was outside, I, I fell, got cut, and I, I learned life lessons that I think people don't learn if they're stuck inside, playing on a phone, being taught, you know, probably critical race theory by these teachers, and uh, and uh, whatever you call them, um, in a way, babysitters. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, here's where the problem starts. When you start giving out participation trophies. Look, competition is what drives this country. Mm-hmm. We all want to compete to be the best because you get more money that way. Right. That's why we have the best doctors, the best lawyers, the best everything. It's because of the competition. They all compete against one another. Because you're not going to go to a doctor that's just mediocre. You want your life saved. I mean, and then I sit here and listen to these people want socialized medicine. Okay, well, let me give you a little example of socialized medicine. They have socialized medicine in England. Where does Mick Jagger live? In London. When Mick Jagger had to have heart surgery, where did he come? America. Because we have the best. Yeah. Socialized medicine is not helpful at all. I mean, it's really helpful if you want to wait three years to get uh, to get your heart replaced. Uh, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. All right. Sorry, guys. He's got orders coffee. 
Uh, but this is this is again. We got Mike Bogus on. He is running in the ninth district. That is where Congressman Doug Collins uh, represented before he ran for the Senate and unfortunately uh, lost. And if you're if you're a Kelly Leffler supporter listening, um, actually you're probably not listening to me. Um, but yeah, so we got we got congressional candidate Mike Bogus on the line. Maybe I think he's still doing whatever he was doing. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm sorry, I had to. Uh you're fine. Well, like I said, I'm at work. I understand. So, well, uh, well, Mike, I, I got uh, I got two more minutes before I have to run. Uh, oh no, I got sorry. I got a few more minutes before I have to run my ad. So before before that happens, obviously, I want to give you a chance to uh, to let the people know where they can find you, um, if they want to support your campaign, phone bank, knock doors, everything like that. Uh, you know, tell people uh, where they can find you. Tell them why they should should vote you in uh, into Congress. Tell them that. Okay. Well, I have a website. It's bogusforcongress.com, B-O-G-G-U-S-F-O-R, congress.com. You can donate there. You can look at events and uh, basically what I'm about on there as well. It's a very good website. You can check it out there. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. I have several accounts because apparently I'm pretty loud and Facebook doesn't like me, so... I have to have several accounts, uh, but it's under Mike Bogus. All of them are. One's just Mike. The other two is Michael Bogus. Uh, you can check me out there. The reason that I think people should be looking at me as far as voting wise is because we we've sent lawyers, we've sent doctors, we've sent multimillionaires. I mean, that's basically what we have in Congress right now is multimillionaires. What we aren't sending is the everyday average person that knows the struggle of the working class. We look at shiny signs, we look at advertising, but we don't do the research of the person. Right now, I'm fighting hospitals on the forced jab. Uh, we're, I'm always fighting. I, like I said, I've been to Portland. I had to fight against Antifa there. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly fighting battles that our politicians should be handling, but they're not. I really, I think you should, I think you, I think you get a lot more support if you quit calling it the force jab and started calling it the Fauci ouchie. That's what I call it. Uh, well, it is Fauci ouchie, but, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. But like I was saying, you know, we have to start as, as the citizens of America, we have to start looking into the people instead of into the party. Just because the GOP is pressing one person does not mean that that's the best for all of us. You know, GOP is going to press one to bring in the money. Right. That's, that's exactly what they're doing. They're pressing the one to bring in the money instead of looking at the individual. And that's a fault by GOP, and I'm calling them out on it every time I'm going to one of their events. You, you have to show everything about all candidates. Yeah, that, that, that's, a G- that's, actually a GOP, that's actually a GOP rule. What's that? That, that they're supposed to show all candidates? Yeah, yes. they're supposed to. There's not supposed to be any bias whatsoever. Right, but it happens. Oh, 100, I, I know it happens. I'm in district leadership in my district. I know it happens. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sad that it happens. It shouldn't, but it does. Right. Like I said, you know, everybody's going to have their favorite. Am I going to be everybody's favorite? Probably not. But am I going to be the most truthful to you? Yeah. Because I have nothing to gain or lose. Mm-hmm. If when I leave Congress, if I'm elected, I'm the only one that said I don't want government money after I leave. I don't want the the continuous payments or anything like that. I don't want it. I don't believe it's fair to the taxpaying citizens that they keep paying people that's not doing the job. Sure, sure. I believe in term limits. I really do. Because once you're allowed to be there for a certain amount of time, you become complacent. You're mm-hmm. basically just there to collect a check. Look at Pelosi. Yeah, I mean, she's been there almost 40 years. years yeah. Almost as long about the five. About double the time I've been alive. Th- yeah, I mean, and then you got, uh, you know, Stairmaster 3000. He's been in it for 50 years. If he hadn't done nothing in 50 years, he sure, uh, sure ain't going to do nothing in this four years that he's yeah, I supposed think, to be the president. 
I think you're 100% wrong. Mike, I appreciate you coming on. We do got to run the ads. I am sorry. Please call in again anytime. You got the number now. Please call in at yes, any time. That was Mike. Was that, sorry, bogusforcongress.com, correct? Yes, bogusforcongress.com or find me on Facebook if I'm not in Facebook jail. All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, got got the chance to meet Mike a few uh, a few weeks ago. Um, he's a great guy. Great, um, you know he's he he he's a great guy. You know he's got a he's got an interesting story um, that I think probably would be better. I I I would like to see a way that we have a better representation in Congress uh, of having less people um, who are very wealthy. Um, with that being said, we have Patrick Witt coming on at the beginning of the next hour. Um, but yeah, no, I think he's, I think he's hundred percent right. And now you can, you can tie a lot of the, you can tie a lot of the people who quote unquote, what, I don't know the quite the correct word, but you can tie a lot of the people who, a lot of the money man, mattering so much in politics, you can tie a lot of that to, uh, Newt Gingrich because, uh, and I like Newt, but he was the one who kind of changed it in a way to where you had to, um, raise money and you would get a good, a good chairmanship. Right. And I, I think Patrick will probably talk more about that. Um, we will be taking calls in about 30 minutes or so. Uh, right now we are not obviously cause we got, I actually also, I did not know that guy was going to call in good for him. I really, you know, Mike is a really, really nice guy. Um, he, he, he really is, but we will be back in about five minutes. Don't go anywhere. Um, listen to the ads, please, because it does help keep this show going because I am independent and I am not, uh, you know, I don't have the backing of the big media companies. But so far, uh, the support has been amazing. And I will see you in about five minutes. Do you support law enforcement? I myself am proud to be a big supporter of law enforcement. That is why I've partnered with WeBackTheBlue.co. WeBackTheBlue wants to provide money to those who have fallen in the line of duty and help take care of the families of those who are no longer with us because they fought the good fight and defended our community and gave up the ultimate sacrifice. If you go to webacktheblue.co, again, webacktheblue.co, you can get a thin blue line bumper sticker, and all you have to do is pay $2.99 shipping and handling. Again, all proceeds from this promotion go back to helping the men and women of law enforcement who have given their lives, and uh, the money goes to taking care of their family. It's a great, great program. WeBackTheBlue.co. Again, WeBackTheBlue.co. Have you heard that everyone under the age of 25 is a socialist? I know I have. That's why I want it to be different, and that's why I created Satilla River Apparel. Look, it's no secret. I'm a big fan of the Second Amendment, and I'm a big fan of hunting. Even though the Second Amendment, we all know, was not created for hunting, I'm a big fan of hunting. And that being said, I'm a big fan of fishing as well. And that's why I created SatillaRiverApparel.com. Satilla River Apparel is great, great American-made quality clothes at a fraction of the cost of my competitors. And I've created it for those of you like me who like the outdoors, like going fishing, like going hunting, like going out on the boat on Saturday. If you'd like to pick one up, go to SatillaRiverApparel.com forward slash Noah for 10% off. Make sure you put Noah in the promo code box for 10% off your order. Again, that is SatillaRiverApparel.com, S-A-T-I-L-L-A-R-I-V-E-R-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Are you someone like me who you want to eat healthy, but you're too busy to make a protein shake in the morning? That is why I eat Built Bar. Built Bar is 130 calories, only has two and a half grams of fat, four carbs, and four sugar, no nuts. Has a lot of fiber, 17 grams of protein, and it's only 130 calories. I start my morning every day with a Built Bar, and that's why I'm glad to announce that they have sponsored this podcast. If you go to BuiltBar.com and you pick out whatever you want, then if you use code let freedom ring you'll get 12% off that is builtbar.com use code use code let freedom ring for 12% off they have great things they're way better than all of their competitors in my opinion use builtbar.com code let freedom ring for 10 for 12% sorry 12% off of your order again builtbar.com for those of you who live in the state of Georgia, I will be speaking at the Columbia County GOP. It's at the clubhouse on Jones Creek. I will be speaking there Saturday morning. Doors open at 8.30. Breakfast gets served at 9 a.m. I will be speaking there 
in Augusta, Georgia. I will also be speaking in Gilmer County, Georgia on September 4th at the God and Country Civic Revival event. I'll be speaking alongside David Belisle, Vernon Jones, State Superintendent Richard Woods, and many other people. I do have a 20-minute spot, so they apparently think I can keep people entertained for that long, so make sure you come out. I would love to, uh, any of you, anybody who picked up my book, The ABCs of Politics from the Eyes of a High Schooler, I'd love to sign it for you, and I'd love to meet each and every one of you. It's always humbling to meet you guys. So again, that's Gilmer County on September 4th in Columbia County this Saturday, August 28th. Also, if you live in the state of Georgia and you are tired of how the AJC and the other liberal elite papers cover the state, I started a new podcast called Let's Talk Georgia. Here's what that intro sounds like. Are you tired of your news being watered down by the mainstream elite in Atlanta? Well, if so, you're in the right place. My name is Noah Ring. This is Let's Talk Georgia, your place to keep up with everything happening in Georgia without any of the bias. So if you like what you heard there in the intro, definitely was not made by me because I'm not that good with audio in- interfacing. But if you like what you heard, check it out everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you're listening to this not live but on podcast, you can click Ring X Media, and it will take you to Let's Talk Georgia. It's a great show. We have great guests coming on. We had Bert Jones on last week. We have Jake Evans on this week. Give it a shot. And without further ado, we are back, and you are listening to the fastest-growing podcast and radio show hosted by college conservative let freedom ring freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction free speech is under assault like never before freedom is under attack more now do you sometimes get the sense that debates about america's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality our new podcast tries to change that none of the above offers new ideas to help confront america's global challenges subscribe to none of the above today Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details.